Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome, listeners, to this Speaking from Our Hearts podcast episode where today... I'm joined by Mark Hoy from Tucson, Arizona, and Mark is going to be speaking uh, with me today around a subject that we are both very passionate about, and that is a cure for soul sickness. So, Mark, very warm welcome to you. Thank you very much, Paul. I'm wonderful to be here. Okay, so a cure for soul sickness, Mark. Start us off on this enigmatic discussion. Okay, I think that everybody would agree um, in our societies, pretty much, that there's something really, really wrong with the way that our society is functioning or it's dysfunctional. Um, I don't think anybody could argue against the fact that with all of the kind of dysfunction that we see in society today, the grave, grave problems that our society faces uh, that it's deeply sick. And so without, you know, getting bogged down in the laundry list of these things, um, some of the things that come right to mind in the United States are the massacres that happen on a regular basis. These are people that are disempowered, that uh, lash out using weapons and killing hundreds of people. Uh, it happens on a regular basis, and uh, nobody ever seems to do anything to stop it. Um, in, the United, in the United Kingdom, you've got children stabbing each other and killing each other. And again, same basic, same basic problem. The difference in, in the UK, of course, is the availability of guns is much more limited. Uh, so it's not as deadly an epidemic. But it is just as serious a sickness and a, a symptom of that. Um, some other ones that, you know, pop to mind immediately. The uh, unbelievably high levels of violence in society, both men on women, men on men, um, the oppression, the daily oppression in society itself. Um, the, these are the kinds of things, you know, you, and you look across society and it, it happens society-wide. It's in every level, every socioeconomic uh, indicator, every, every level within society is suffering from this. It's not like they're just the poor. It is the middle class and it is the rich as well. So, uh, you look at the levels of mental illness and the use of, of the abuse of prescription drugs, uh, the epidemic of, of drug abuse itself, um, you know, the opioid uh, uh, deaths, which uh, it took over, overtook automobile deaths last year, which was a shocking uh, change to, to a long-term trend. So whatever you want to point to, whether it's the, the gun violence, the, the deaths by homicides of guns, the violence of people against other people, the, the rapes, the, I mean, it's just, it's just an epidemic of, of violence and misery. And so when you look society wide, what you're seeing is this, these are all symptoms of a deeper sickness within society. And I think that no one sensible could say that society, our societies are healthy. They're not psychologically, they're toxic. 
and our soul as a society is deeply, deeply ill, and no one is prescribing anything to solve this. It's always dealing with other issues that are not directly responsible for this soul sickness that we see in society. And so that's, I think that that would be a starting point for the discussion would simply be that um, wherever you want to look in society, you're going to see symptoms of this deep despair and dysfunction and all of it coming from this complete absence of meaning in life for many, many people. And it, it is also tied, of course, to that, uh, what you have referred to many times, in which I agree is a wonderful summation of the problem, the worldview of love versus fear. Mm. And a society that's obsessed with fear and domination versus an attitude of love and compassion, which produces a much different outcome. And so that's, uh, but that, you know, that's where we're going to head, I think, in, in a, you know, the near future here in our discussion. But um, just to open things up, that's where I would begin, is the deep dysfunction in society and that there are no cures being offered in the public discourse right now. Yeah, I think, I mean, we could come in at so many angles on that, Mark, as you say, and, you know, consistently, very consistently, the dialogue I'm having with people now from around the globe um, through various uh, formats and, you know, invariably my, my podcast on that as well um, is is this the simplicity. You know, I was on a Facebook Live today uh, on a, just a quick five minute it, if you will, and it was, OK, Paul, so what's your message? The message is extremely one of simplicity. Mm-hmm. Let's not complicate this game of life we play. It is not a complicated game. Mm-mm, but over no. the over time, we've been... No, I'm not going to watch my words here. We've been brainwashed mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. people in power mm-hmm. that, that create this fear so that, you know, there's an old cliche, Mark. I don't know if it prevails in the US, but certainly when I was growing up as a kid in the you know, in the UK, the rich get rich and the poor get poorer. Right. Yeah, keep, it's in the US as well. Yeah, keep the working class down there. You know, the working class with a brain are dangerous. Don't let right. them rise. Well, right. for my understanding now, people have just had enough and more than yeah. had enough. And they're not prepared to accept that, you know, that peasant-slave relationship anymore in society. It's old act. It's finished. It's over. And along with it is its best mate called fear. There is undoubtedly a revolution taking place now um, around this whole whole shift, this whole complete radical shift of that doesn't work. It results in misery. It results in darkness. It results in despair. And, you know, as people are becoming more conscious and aware of who they actually are as an individual, they're not prepared to tolerate tolerate it. But I think even within that, Mark, it's still, you know, dis, despite that self-empowerment, which obviously I know me and you advocate as, you know, as directors of, uh, of our charity, speaking from a Hearts Community Interest Company, but even within that, Mark, it's that people are still looking for that leadership, um, and I'm, I'm a bit kind of cagey around that word, word leadership, because that kind of challenges the the empowerment angle a bit. But you know, that's another debate. I'd say another... insights. Insights, I'd say insights. Yes. yes. Desperate for insights. Desperate yes. for clarity and insights. Yes. Certainly. 
and and I think you know you you raised a point there that I I, I think really deserves mentioning again, and that is that materialism once you get past meeting your basic needs, that whole chase of wealth and materialism leads down a very dark, dark road. Whether it's the domination of our, you know, for example, the Anglo-American societies over the rest of the world to plunder resources, whether it's at an individual level where you have a dog-eat-dog kind of world where it's like the rich versus the poor, whether you look at it at, in, in, in an individual's life where they are neglecting the things that really truly bring happiness, which are relationships, and instead chasing material goods, which don't. Mm-hmm. And, and so whether it's an, an individual, uh, a social circle level, uh, a social level, a much higher level of a global society, wherever you want to look at it, that materialistic chase, is, uh, it, it just leads to ultimately, once you've met the basic needs, anything beyond that, and you're talking about it leading away from happiness and it leading again to that whole fear, uh, love dynamic. But I, uh, I agree absolutely that there is a revolution happening, that people are awakening to the fact that we, that's not something we can afford anymore. It's just not, it's something, it's a model that has failed and needs to be abandoned. And that what we need to really embrace is compassion and love and caring for one another and a society built on that. And that that needs to be our focus, not the amassing of wealth, not power, not domination, not control. And, and people are waking up to it and seeing the desperate need for this, for love, for compassion. Mm. And, and I think that it is taking hold. And um, boy, it's, a, it's late in the game. <laughs> but it is happening, thankfully. You know. But that late in the game, Mark, is a relative term, isn't it? Because in, you know, in terms of whichever perspective you look at it from our personal point of view of the proverbial three score 10, or Mm -hmm. in the bigger macro um, concept of society, you know, post uh, Christ 2000 years, whatever window you look at, there's, you know, in the game we play, Mark, there's still a long way to go. And I think it's part of our responsibility here and now to, to do the best we can, you know, to quote one of your fellow Americans, Stephen Covey, the great, great Dr. Stephen Covey, leave the world a great, the better place than what it was when you got here. And, mm-hmm. you sure. know, as, as with all powerful maxims, they stand the test of time. And I can't think of many better than that one uh, personally, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, when I say late in the game, I'm, I'm speaking purely from a naturalist perspective here of the ecological collapse that we face, the mass extinctions, climate change. Um, I mean, we've radically altered the world in a very negative way, mm. and we still are. Yeah. And that is, that is what I mean, the, the overpopulation, the resource extraction, and of course, the, the increase in conflict and, and uh, all the problems that accompany uh, climate change. And so um, that's what I mean by late in the game, that we really don't have much more room. We don't have much more time. And we must shift society radically uh, on the dime almost if we hope to avoid um, catastrophic uh, failures of the ecological systems that support humans. We simply cannot... Um, support the billions that currently exist on the planet um, with social with the social system that we have because it it's we're running a train off a cliff 
and and we no longer have miles and miles of track. We're right at we're right there. The cliff face is like just right there. Yeah. Um, every single light on the evolu- ecological dashboard is just flashing red. The frogs, which are kind of like the lungs of the planet, they're a very good indicator of the health of our water, and they are they are in, dying out on mass uh, insects. Um, I just read a study the other day, um, unbelievable, the, the drop in mass of insect life in crucial ecological niches, and they're vanishing. Snakes, people don't like them very much, but they also occupy a very, very important ecological niche. And they eat vermin, they eat rodents. Uh, they're, they're really, really important at keeping down a lot of the vectors for disease, and these two are disappearing on mass birds so on and on and on and on it goes you know the 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 gigantic uh oxygenated the levels where in the water where oxygen is no longer present so they're virtually dead zones in the oceans and lakes and this is from nitrate runoff i mean it's it's a very very long very scary list and um the way that it was put by the world's climate scientists and that met um was basically like that the ecological systems that support the health of the planet uh, are about to suffer a series of heart attacks. Mm. And, and so when I talk about it's, and it's all part and parcel together. That's the whole thing that's, that has the beauty of what we're discussing as a solution is that it's part and parcel together that when you shift your focus and you decide that what matters is compassion and love and that what's really important is relationships and caring for each other and making a better life for each other, that when that's your focus, what changes is you're no longer focused on resource extraction. You're no longer focused on the things that harm the, the ecology of the planet. You're, you're making a world that's healthier because you want to have a healthy ecosystem. You want to be living in a beautiful place. Everybody wants to have trees around. Everybody wants to have plenty of water. Everybody wants to have clean soil and air. And these are the things that are so vital to a decent life and they can be had for almost no cost. It's just a radical shift of perspective and the way that you do business, what it is that you focus on, what is important to you and how you live your life in, in accordance with that, with those values. And, um, so when you shift that perspective and you decide to shift your values along with it, you also are he- part of the process of healing and restoring the planet. And, and that is what I think is so in- interesting, but also so important about the message that we share in our passion, um, which is that we desperately need to do this. And, and we just don't have any more time. It has to happen. It has to happen now. I love what you've just said there, Mark, because part of being a host on, on um, you know, on a conversation in general, but certainly one as as poignant and, and as critical as this is, I do kind of flirt with the, the devil's advocate approach. And mm-hmm. I know that in within the spiritual realm, there's this kind of just let it be. And so there was mm-hmm. a little bit of my devil's advocate there just to say, oh, do you know what, Mark? We've got plenty of time. Well, <laughs> the reality is, as you've quite rightly pointed out, we haven't. 
And so I 100% embrace and totally commit to what you've said there, Mark, because I think I've put it in the context of the past is while people are sitting around sipping the brandy, smoking the cigars and talking about the way forward, the planet's dying. People are dying. Do Mm -hmm. it now. Action. It starts here. It starts now. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging part of the the crusade going forward, market. And I think that's an appropriate word, crusade going yes. forward. Is that emer- that urgency, that immediacy, that here and now, that action, that focus, that drive, that attention, rather than that lacy fear. Well, you know, we'll we'll have a look at it tomorrow, kind of thing. It'd be okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not okay. Yeah, I mean, when you look at like. Uh, and I, I refer here because I know that people respect the uh, journalism, uh, the Economist of London. Um, they just had an article in last week's news, uh, the, the last week's edition, where they were discussing climate change and war. And when you look at the hideous, monstrous kinds of wars that emerge from climate change related conflict, you should be terrified because Darfur is in miniature a climate change induced war what it is is not christian i mean it, the problem is that people see it in different labels they see it as christian versus muslim as pastoralist or people that herd animals versus farmers and those are true those are the those are the groups that are fighting each other you have the janjaweed uh, exterminators who commit genocide that are part of the pastoralists and the herders and they're also Muslim and they're fighting the Christians who are settled farmers but what it really is is a fight over water mm-hmm. and Darfur is experiencing a climate related drought and the government uh, unfortunately is siding on the people who are committing the genocide and when you look at Darfur what you see in miniature is something terrifying because Asia depends on the water from the Himalayas and the monsoons. And these are failing. The monsoons are a phenomenon that where the warm, moist, wet air from the Indian Ocean is drawn up over the Himalayas and then is dropped down there. And they water the great, uh, the great rivers of Asia and they also do the monsoon. And these are failing because the Himalayas will no longer be glaciated within the next 20 years. And so what's terrifying is that it's not a matter of 20 years. No, we don't have 20 years because that's when they're gone completely. What we really have is maybe five because within the next five years, the ice cover in the Himalayas may cause the monsoons to fail. The rivers are drying up. (laughs) So what happens when you have a (laughs) 2 billion people in Asia depending on water sources that fail, you're going to see Darfur spread across a third of humanity. Can you even conceive of that? I mean, people without water, and you and I both know that this is something fundamental to human life, that when you do not have water for your children or your family, you will do anything to get it. And that is a horrible, terrifying kind of desperation. And that is what we are facing. And so what we need to do is to go direct radical 
180 degree change towards what I know that you and I talk about all the time and, and is an absolutely wonderful analogy, uh, not really analogy, but a wonderful worldview, which is the love versus fear. And, and we desperately need to make that um, the change that we see in society, which is that healing that love and compassion and bring that to the forefront. So social uh, justice and, uh, you know, environmental justice. The big thing, sim very simple three-letter word though, Mark, isn't it? Very simple three-letter word, how. How do mm. we do that? How? Mm. And that too is lovely and, and simple and elegant uh, in the solution. And it, it is uh, that, that path with heart, the path with heart, which is where you have good values, which are nurturing, loving values, and you act on them. Where you pursue your passion, the thing that matters the most to you, the things that really are important to you as, you're, as a human being on this time on earth, and you pursue that passion. And you do it in a way that is in accordance with your values. And that's the path with heart to pursue your passion while acting on your values and your vision. And when you do that, you transform your world and you transform the world of everyone around you. And that's the way forward. And although, and I say, although lightly, Mark, you know, yet again, we massively agree on this. I just want to share with you, um, a response, a collective response, a, a consistent collective response that comes back to me when I speak and it and you know reiterate these words, uh, the words that you're speaking now, Mark. Yeah, nice theory. Never work. It's too simple. Well, it's it's like um, you know when you talk about the coal face <laughs> and people right there facing despair. Um, the people that have it the worst, uh, the people that have no hope and no resources. And we, we found uh, something very, very valuable, a really, truly valuable insight there, I, I think, um, which is that we do care, that there are spiritual warriors that care. And when you have that, when you summarized it that way, which I love the way that you summarized that, you boil it down to a simple question. Who really cares? Because that's the feeling of the people at the coalface, despair. Who really cares? Yeah. What does it matter? Who cares? And the answer is that we care. And when we say we care, we mean spiritual warriors. We mean people who have dedicated their lives to this, who really feel it in their hearts. And that's, you know, the beauty of your own, you know, the speaking with the speaking from the heart, um, which is that, uh, you know, uh, spiritual warriors acting on those values and, and deciding to make that the focus of their life. Yeah, and, and, and I think the radical change and the revolution that, that is unfolding, uh, Mark, is, is for me, you know, and, and let's kind of get this down to a real distilled, and to use that excellent term, coalface approach, and it's this. Me, and let me take responsibility for me, myself, Paul, so I'm just one guy. I'm just one person. I'm just one spirit. Okay. But I'm going to put it out there. And I do put it out there. This is what I'm going to do. Me. Now, mm -hmm. whether you agree, like, dislike, that's your choice. 
But this is what I'm going to do. I know what I stand for and I know what I stand against. And this is what I'm going to do. And it is making that conscious and that deliberate statement about I choose love over Mm. fear. And believe me, I know both sides of that coin intimately. Yeah, we both do. And I think that's what makes um, makes our commitment more valuable. I think that, you know, I mean, I, I, I really don't talk about it and I don't really like to dwell on it, but I mean, I spent more than 20 years of my life in prison systems Mm. and you want to talk about an essence of darkness in society. There it is there. Yeah. There is the pit (laughs) of despair and violence and horror. And, and it is the refuse of society. It's the dumping ground, the human dumping ground. Yeah. And, um, when you emerge from that, you also have a very clear choice. And you can emerge embittered and a dangerous person and somebody who's responding to need with violence. Um, and unfortunately, a very high proportion of people emerge from prison with that mindset because they're, they're broken. Their spirits are broken and they emerge dangerous people. Um, the other option is that you transcend. And that you say that is just not the way. That's not the way forward. I'm gonna. I'm gonna choose love. Yeah. And I use that what might initially have been perceived, Mark, as a almost kind of um, self-promoting, egotistical stance. But I use that deliberately to say, okay, one is now two, and mm. actually we're not two because that very quickly became four. Right. That doubled almost overnight to become eight. Sixteen thirty-two. You know, right. this is comp to quote Darren Hardy. This is compounding at an alarming rate. Now, at this moment in time, Mark, we are one relatively small movement. But if we are one relatively collective small movement, and our cousins next door, no matter where they are in the world, that's totally irrelevant because we are at oneness by our energy. Um, yes. But it's about that unite that unity, isn't it? To say, actually, now you take us all on because we, the collective we, have had enough. Yeah. And it is that collectiveness, that energy, that vibrancy, Mark, that will, that, that is coming to the fore. And that's why I did, you know, I, I personally feel that that world revolution, in fact, if anything, I don't think it's strong enough. I can't think of a more powerful one at this moment in time than revolution. Um, you know, you're a man of great words. I'm, I'm sure you'll, um, you'll help me out in that respect. But at the moment, <laughs> I don't I mean, know. Revolution, <laughs> revolution's pretty good, Paul. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think, I think that when you, you know, you take a step back and you look at it, I, I kind of look at it and see it as we share values and visions, the same values and the same visions with literally hundreds of millions of people Mm. whether it's where you look at the the credit union movement and all the people with community food banks and community efforts and all that there's a huge i'm not going to get into the long laundry list of it but you know and i know that there's just a tremendous energy out there of people working hard to make a better world and so these are all brothers and sisters they're all people that share our values and visions and the only thing that has been lacking to date has been that clarity. And that I think is why what we're doing is so important because we do bring some clarity to this in that we summarize in a beautiful, elegant way what needs to be done 
which is to walk that path with heart, which is uh, the, that's the clarity that what we're, what we are proposing is that you do it in a conscious way that you live your life pursuing your passion and acting on your vision and values to transform the world. And it, it that I think that conscious click is what transforms it because previously it's kind of nebulous. You have values, you have visions, but they're not connected to a plan of action. And that's where, that's what we bring to the picture. And I think that that's what's so vital and important. And I think that's why people are getting so excited so rapidly that there is finally some clarity here. Yeah. And it comes from a place of trauma and pain, uh, really profound pain that we have transcended. And we realize uh, we've been at the despair. We've been there. We lived there. Mm -hmm. And we were surrounded by it. And we understood in a vital way what it is really and what you need to rise above it. And how do you conquer that? How do you overcome it? And, and that's why we have something valuable to share because we've been through it and we, we identify with the people at, at that spiritual coal face, if you will, that labor there. And, and that is really where it all begins is that we need to reach out to those folks and say, okay, this is where the transformation begins and this is how it happens. And this is why it happens. And I think at this juncture, Mark, it's worth um, mentioning that within our Speaking From Our Hearts movement, our revolution, our love revolution, um, mm. which brings in nicely um, our patron Freya, Freya Erickson. But we've yes. got an ensemble of people, heart-centered warriors that, you know, maybe can't recall the graphic nature of the desperation of 20 years imprisonment. I hope they can't um, right, because right. they're dark, desperate days. And obviously my journey has been well documented and it's certainly, you know, I'm not, we're not going to go down that road again and just reinforce that. But what I'm saying is there's this beautiful contrast of heart-centered warriors within our ambassadors, within our mm. directors, in our charity. Mm. Um, you know, this whole eclectic mix of, but we're all serving that one vision. And that's yes. what makes it powerful. I think it was Martini, Dr. John Martina, that said, Mark, if you share the vision and the values, the rest is just individual stuff. Make sure you share those. And then, you, you know, the rest, you can walk fast, you can run, whatever you want to do. But you're all going on that same path. And I feel that what's happening here, Mark, and we're epitomizing it with this discussion, is around, yeah, do you know, we have found a vision and we've found a vision that the world is not only ready for, but it is long, long, long overdue. Yeah, absolutely. That love and compassion. I mean, the heart of, of the world's religions always turns to that, the, the desperate need for love and compassion. But what is different and what is so vital about what we're discussing is how on an individual level, person by person, you need to live those values. You need to live that vision and, and find what it is that matters to you personally. And that's what brings it to life because people have within themselves. I know no matter how, whatever, wherever you're from, whatever walk of life, whatever culture, whatever country, whatever, wherever it is, as a human being, you have dreams and there's things you love and there's things you want 
for the people you love. And everyone has these. And it's, it's that, that as long as it's about nurturing, as long as it's about making the world a better place, as long as the heart, the beating heart of what you're doing increases the amount of love and care in the world, then you're on the right path. And it, it has to be a passion, though. It has to be what matters most to you. That's what you need to work on because that will sustain you in the difficult days that always follow. And as long as you're doing something that just just inspires you and, and fires you up and that you love to do, you'll get up and you'll fight again and again and you'll keep going until you succeed. And, and that is what we need to do worldwide globally for everyone is get that fire, light that fire and, and get them up and running on that path that uh, always comes back to uh, making the world a better place, a more loving, compassionate place. Just listening to you there, Mark, the three P's model that we uh, advocate, that we uphold within uh, Heart's movement of purpose. And very simplistically for me, that's a reason to get up every day. Mm -hmm. Give me a reason to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, that's a start, but it's not enough. No. It's, a, it's a solid foundation, but it's not enough. Because just to get out of bed each day to do X, Y, or Z is to exist. Mm -hmm. And we wasn't put on this earth to exist. No. We was put on this earth to grow, to love, to nurture. And that brings in the second P of prosperity, this health, this wealth. And when I say wealth, for me, Mark, that's not necessarily in a financial uh, sense. You know, mm -hmm. the, the realities and the practicalities of life, we need money. Right. But it's not primary, the way it has become in today's society of fame and fortune and, you know, mm -hmm. dog eat dog, I will win at all costs and all that nonsensical mentality mm -hmm. that's prevailed for, for so many mm -hmm. years. And then the, the third one is the philanthropy, the giving back. So in simple terms, and if I can equate this or be allowed to equate it, Mark, to my own journey and, and a model that not only makes sense but holds serious water, it's right, okay, coming through everything, drinking was my purpose. It kept me alive, barely. It also nearly took my life three times, but that's another story. But that was right. my purpose, but what a hard life that was. Yeah. Barely in existence. Yeah. You know, waking up on park benches, wow. sometimes in my own vomit, you know, leaving yeah. good relationships behind because I'd been on a sort of three, four, five, six week, uh, what I call a bender round the clock yeah. and just through every sabotage, basically. Yeah. Binges. Binges. So that's that sort of purpose, if you like, Mark. So we're, I'm, I've got a reason to get out of bed. Actually, I'm realizing now that drinking is, no, there's got to be more. Why do I keep having this pain of losing these relationships, these beautiful souls that care for me? And I'm not just talking girlfriends either. I'm talking about, you know, people that were close to me. And so it's then taking that, having, going to that next level, walking the path with heart to go to that next level of, you know, prosperity and think, okay, I need love in my life because it offers me light. It offers me warmth. It offers me hope. It gives me 
it makes me feel good rather than desperate and all, you know, in this victim and, you know, and this whole kind of, and you know, and I'll polarise it in very black and white terms. And then the third one is I've come from the darkness. I've seen light. I have a responsibility to share this. And that's the philanthropy of giving back. Right. And that's the essence of what we're doing, Mark, isn't it? Particularly through the podcast by inviting people to come on and tell the story, share your pain. What lessons have you learned? Because, you know, we have a responsibility, you know, as you know, we're on this planet as lodgers. So we have to pay a rent. Right. And paying that rent for me is helping your fellow human beings and sharing those messages and say, do you know what? When I went down a metaphoric road, I turned left. Oh, do you know what? If you're going down that same road, please don't go left because I'll tell you, it's going to live. <laughs> it's going to take you into darkness and despair. I've been there. So maybe yeah. you might want to go right, you know, if you find yourself on a similar path. And that right, right path, metaphorically speaking, Mark, is what you eloquently and, and substantially refer to as walking the path with heart. Right. It's it's about, I mean, to me, it there's a depth there that um, invites people in because really you're talking about crafting a rich, satisfying existence. That is what wealth means to me. Whether it's rich in relationships, whether it's rich in things that bring you joy, you know, you can do this and it's not that hard. It's just a shift. You're no longer worried about acquiring the latest car or the, the fancy house. No, you're thinking about what is it that really brings me joy? What is it that really makes me happy? And it's having, you know, surrounded by people that love and care about you and that you care about and love. It's about having an existence filled with things that bring you delight. And whether that's a garden that, that you love working in, whether that might be sculpture, whether that might be poetry, whatever kind of uh, thing that is creative that you love to do and you fill your life with these things and that to me is wealth is when you have a rich satisfying existence that you've crafted and it comes into being from pursuing that path with heart from walking that path where you consciously work to make your life better and you make everyone else's life around you better and and that's the beauty of what we propose is that it is really something tremendously desirable and it's not about money hmm. Mo money is certainly you're right to point out once you make you got to have those basic needs met if you don't have shelter if you don't have decent food if you can't get medicine for your family absolutely you're 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 not gonna you can't really find a lasting happiness you have to have the basic needs met but once you've done that once you rise past that then you're in the territory now where most of the Western world is. And that is where we are focused on excess, not on what really matters. And that's the shift that we need to, to work so hard to bring about is that shift to we're no longer going to pursue that, that path. We're going to work on a real, true, rich, satisfying existence. And that comes from that path with heart. And I think as we start to sum up, Mark, it's worth sharing the list with the listeners that we've had conversations of, um, dare I say, a more political focus about, you know, mm. getting inside the system, if you will, to change. 
Mm-hmm. And what I've come to understand, because from my focus point of view on a personal level, Mark, is I'm putting this out to to a lot of people and asking them to deliberately challenge me around mm-hmm. this, you know, this political focus. And it's what's been pointed out, Mark, is this. And I think this is a great message for all of us, you know, whether we're aspiring politicians or not, that's totally irrelevant But the Mm -hmm. one thing is we're all aspiring change merchants, practitioners, Mm -hmm. warriors, call it what you will. Mm -hmm. And that's what's been said to me as recently as the last 48 hours, Mark. So I don't think you'll hear me personally advocate me standing for office within within government anymore because change now needs to happen outside because the people that are changing inside – you know, and I'm talking about politicians as a collective, they're too busy looking after and saving their own skins to really actually get their hands dirty and blooded around fighting for what they're actually put in office to do. And I know that's a very broad general statement. And I'm sure that, you know, within the world, there are still honourable politicians. So I'm not tarring everybody, but I'm talking generally. And I'm certainly talking from the UK perspective of this chaos over Brexit, this this madness, this uncertainty that's prevailed over the last three years. Um, mm. But, you know, this is not a political conversation. And I know you, you know, our cousins in the States have got, you know, your challenges in, in, the, in a political sense as well. So mm. I just kind of reaffirm really, Mark, that, you know, share on a personal basis that uh, our conversations around standing for office will be no longer because the great and, you know, the, the, the sort of commonality really in the message is for all of us, we're all ambassadors for this planet and we don't need to wear a rosette that's either red and white and blue or whatever the colour is, you know, because we're all politicians for our planet in our own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the whole conversation, uh, the public discourse, and that includes politics, it, it needs to shift. Yeah. And it's got to become about healing, yeah. emotional, mental, psychic healing. That needs to be the focus. Yeah. And it, it can no longer be these traditional arguments. It can't be the traditional divisions. You, you've got it. We've just got to let it go. And, and the divisive, anger, angst-ridden, um, all of that, that emotional baggage that accompanies the politics that are so poisonous and divisive, and it, it must, we must transcend it, and we have to focus on what really matters, which is healing, yeah. and, and bringing that healing to society, and realizing that we're all human, that we all have basic needs that need to be met, and then beyond that, we have more needs. We have, we have needs that are really vital, the spiritual needs. And, and that is what we need to focus on and getting those right in accordance with the values that we propose, which are quite simple but very profound. And that's love and compassion and that worldview, the love versus fear. And, and I think that you're absolutely right that politics, um, people get bogged down in it. And, and it becomes uh, a source of division, a source of pain and conflict and problem. And, and we need to transcend. We need to raise it to a higher level uh, of where we rise above that. And we say, okay, yeah, we have our differences. You know, there's, there's people that have different ideas about what a proper role for government is and everything else associated with it. But I think that you're right. We need to transcend that 
we need to move forward and, and we need to focus on healing. So final question then, Mark, um, and I think it's quite a big one, so I'm not trivializing it just because it's a, a sort of nice, let's slip off into the background end question, but it's this. So when we speak around that choice of fear versus love, which absolutely it is, mm. can we, and I say as a collective movement, or in this context, me and you, mm-hmm. Can we make that message even simpler? I mean, I, at this moment in time, I'm, I've, you know, I've given this a great deal of thought. And for me personally, Mark, at this moment in time, the answer is no. But I kind of put it to you and plan to see to say, can we can we possibly make that message any simpler? You know, I, the thing that pops to my mind is the Beatles old song that I really love. All you need is love. And really, <laughs> you know, everybody has a different feeling about the Beatles. I know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of kids don't even know who they are anymore. But I tell you what, that is one powerful message. And if you were really to focus on something, you could do a lot worse than to say that. I yeah. like that message. Yeah. All you need is love. And really... I think it has a certain elemental truth as well. But, you know, simplifying beyond love versus fear, I no, I think you're right. I think that's pretty much as simple as you're going to get because that is the dichotomy the world faces. Yeah. And it has to have that understanding that there is conflict. You know, and we, we are in a conflict. And we have to understand that we're, we're fighting uh, entrenched interests. We're fighting people who have the power. We're fighting the people that have control of society. And they are not about love. They are not about compassion. They are about fear and control. And that's the battle we face. Before we do um, draw this this fascinating conversation, Mark, to a close, I just I kind of offer you the opportunity, really, is it anything at all, anything else that you want to add? Um, in this, what I believe has been a very comprehensive dialogue. It's been very diverse um, in boxing terms. We've jabbed, we've punched, we, we've been all over the place, which has been, uh, I'm not sure boxing metaphors appropriate for this, but uh, anyway, that's um, that's where that's just came out of my mouth. So anything to add, Mark, before I finish off with a another musical insight? I would just say that... Um, I want to I want to tell you how delighted I've been with our conversations and the growth of our friendship and that the focus always of that path with heart and the heart centered focus that has just been enormously satisfying and wonderful for me. And it's been an enlightening process and I've really loved it. And and I hope that we can inspire that in listeners. Um, I, I can't emphasize enough how. Uh, just how beautiful a vision it is really mm. and and how powerful it is and how transformative it has the potential to be but i just want to share that with you that that it's been a wonderful journey and um it it, it to know that that you have such a powerful answer there's something really magical about that to know that you have an answer that can save the world that's wow and and so thank you thank you friend for helping me develop that vision that that we can now share 
and uh, wow, that's immense and, and wonderful. And so I just wanted to throw that in there. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate that. And I think that sharing to that you've alluded to is, is something that, um, you know, we've got a great membership growing within Speaking From Our Hearts. We've got some phenomenal ambassadors and we've obviously got our patron, Freya Erickson, that we've already um, alluded to. And I just want to sign off on this fascinating podcast um, episode by um, quoting the um, opening lines from Freya's Love Revolution Arise record mark and uh, we are calling our people we are gathering our tribe our work is much needed and we can make a change and i think that's a perfect end to a fascinating conversation thank you mark thank you to the (laughs) listeners absolutely paul that was wonderful i love that love revolution (laughs) profound excellent i am calling my people Our work is much needed We're all supposed to thrive We're at the tipping point of evolution And we can make a change Let's be the solution Cause we hold a key to a power beyond Anything anyone has ever seen A voice roaring from deep within A voice forged from the flames of our soul I am calling my people Gathering our tribe Our work is much needed we can make a change let's be the solution it's time to join forces and honor the bond unite in the spirit of the rising sun witness a miracle before our eyes a love revolutionary
everyone achieve results towards success.